Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He really seems like a first-class creep, right? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Ricky Slade in a running back. They blitzer ran him over, but the ball got off, and it's intercepted again by Antoine Winfield. And he brings it back to the 39-yard line. Tremendous college player at Ohio. State. Three-man rush. Clifford again has time. Throws! And it is intercepted in the end zone by Jordan Howden! The Hail Mary started. Prescott. Dying time. Launching one. A whole passel of guys in the end zone. It's going to be intercepted to end the game. J-Rod Curse. Now that was a weekend if you're a Minnesota sports fan or a Minnesota football fan, gentlemen. Good. Yeah, keep his mic off. Are you turning off? Just keep it off. Pretty good. There you Just are. keep it off. Pretty good is what I was saying. Pretty, 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 here's the, pretty here's, good. Here's the frightening thing, boys. Of all of our lifetimes, and I turned 50 on Wednesday, this was the best Minnesota sports football weekend ever. I don't think that's, a, that's not a hot take. No, it's not. It's not it's hot, not hot at take. all because the Gophers have never done this. Yeah. By the way, real quick before we we're, we're going to dive in and we're going to dive in a lot because we're not taking a commercial break for an hour. Mm-hmm. We are going to sit here for an hour and celebrate the weekend that was in Minnesota sports, Minnesota football, and the phone lines are already filling up. We we sent out a couple tweets, so so we we welcome you if you were at the game on Saturday. All of us were at the game on Saturday. Um, if you have thoughts on the Vikings game last night, we just cleared out the entire hour because we want to hang out with you. We want to celebrate an amazing weekend of Minnesota sports because we don't get these very often. Like Judd just said, 651-646-8255, Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North, and we are commercial-free for an hour. And uh, I'm sorry, Robbie. I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're not though. You said before. Rami has you a shy that. bladder. You said I was He's being not. selfish. You're not sorry at all. Rami has a shy bladder. You, you okay. made a choice, and I barged in with two minutes to go before the show, and Rami was. Uh, I was just uh, at the starting line, just stepping into the box. So, but, but he's not sorry. But I got to go he's too. Not sorry at all. No, there's no remorse there mm-hmm. at all. He's like, I got to go. I don't care. You <laughs> have to go. Just and stepping now you into are. the box. Jed, I was tightening up, tightening up yeah. my batting gloves. You I, know. Yeah. I was doing the whole routine. Yep. And here he comes. He just stepped into the left-handed batter's box. Yep. 
just standing there. I'm Listen, like, only yeah. one of us can bat, buddy. Yeah, only one of us can bat. And then, and it was me. And and, th- and then you took your batting gloves <laughs> off, stuck them in your back pocket, and left. Yeah. And then as I'm walking away from the batter's box and back to the dugout, he says, "By the way, first hour is commercial free. Yeah. Cool, awesome, <laughs> thanks." By the way, I didn't wear batting gloves. <laughs> just so you know. No, you know what you know what this could be. I just had a brainstorm, a tremendous opportunity, Rami for depends. Yeah, that could be it. No, I'm not going to sit here in my own um, well, waste. You got no choice. Maybe uh, I can just. This is it. an endorsement opportunity. You Gentlemen, guys can handle the show for four minutes. We have jammed phone lines <laughs> right, right now. People who either want to talk. People either want to talk about uh, Rami Scheibbladder or. The Gophers and the Vikings this weekend. The walk. I got to walk there. Let's go. Phone calls. All right. All right. (laughs) 651-646-8255. Danny in D.C., we're talking Gophers, we're talking Vikings, and we are not taking a commercial for an hour. Go ahead. Hey, guys. uh, Thanks for um, you guys' shows are great. Hey, uh, quick comment about last night. It's it's kind of funny how the storylines going into the game, how, like, um, with, like, Linval, Linval out and, like, dominant, Dallas offensive line. Um, it's, it's just funny. And then, all, and then what, what, what happens? Absolute shutdown, arguably the best offensive line in the game with the, arguably the best running back in, in the game. And they did it with a backup defensive tackle. Um, it, it, was, it was just crazy. They, they, they said, all right, we'll stop the run. Um, we'll give up the pass, and that's the game plan. Um, it's, it's crazy that it worked, but it was fun to see. Um, and the other quick thing uh, I was going to say um, – this seemed like a, a, a must-win game, monumental win. I'm looking at the Seattle game in a couple of weeks. Seeing that is also in that same uh, kind of must-win category because I'm thinking this team needs to have a home game in the playoffs to kind of make a run. Um, and Green Bay has, I think, really the 49ers left um, aside from the head-to-head with the Vikings. So that I have that uh, game uh, circle on the calendar next. Right so, on. That's it, guys. Thanks a lot. Danny in D.C., thanks for the phone call. What do, what, like, I'll frame it up, everything he just said. What do you guys think last night's win for the Vikings means for them? Because I, I think it opened a door anyways. It opened the door back up for them to be legitimate NFC contenders. Yeah, I would say it opened the door back up. I'm not there yet, but it certainly opened the door back up. And I, I think you... You took a step above the Cowboys, that's for sure, because I think that was a team that you were sort of in the same neighborhood as when you're talking about the pecking order of the NFC. I think the Cowboys and the Vikings were probably neck and neck, and you put yourself ahead of them. There's still three or four teams at least that, if you ask me today, are probably clearly better football teams than the Vikings and probably beat them on any given week. It it, uh, it strikes me as a step in the right direction, but the caller is exactly right. I think you got to be Denver on Sunday, which I think that you can and will. You get the bye week, go to Seattle, Monday night game, and win there. You can do that. If if they get through this three-game stretch, which started last night in Dallas, and win all three, then I say, okay, there's something here. Until then, I'm like, okay, that was nice, but they've won seven games and last night's win was the first win that impressed me a lot. Yeah. So play this out, win the next two now. You're on a three-game streak, two of which will come against really good teams. And I say, okay. But I still can't tell you today who I think the 2019 Vikings are. And until I can, I'm not going to get up here and get excited again because they lost in Green Bay, they lost in KC, put together a streak here, 
And I'll get excited. They're one of the five best teams in the NFC. They're a playoff yes. team. That's, well, that's, and that's after, what I know about. And after what the Saints did yesterday against the Falcons. They come down a peg. They definitely do. That it, was brutal in Atlanta. I'm sorry. They're still not good. And what the Packers did a couple weeks ago, the Packers dropping a game that they shouldn't have dropped, mm-hmm. has opened the door up, back up for the Vikings to host some playoff games. And uh, and to take it back to what you said off the top of the show, just, just zooming back out to the football weekend that was, I agree with you. I think this was the best football weekend. Gophers, Vikings, back-to-back. I can remember in my lifetime, going back to 1985. And just speaking as a guy who graduated from the University of Minnesota in 2007, has sifted through a lot of crap as a Gopher football fan, as I toss my pen in excitement. <laughs> you okay over there? Oh, I thought you were, it was disgust of what had happened. No. Well, for the first 34 years, yes. <laughs> Saturday is the happiest I've ever been as a Gopher sports fan outside of the Final Four in 1997. It's the happiest I've ever been as a Gopher football fan. Did Have you the, almost cry? Were you, were you close to tears? Close a couple times. When I got back, when I walked back and we did the we did the emergency, everything was kind of frantic, like... We, you and I trudged back up the hill, back to the Scorner Studios, Rami, mm-hmm. and then Judd and I and Doogie did an emergency podcast. And when it was all said and done, I'm flipping around, just watching like some of the reaction from ESPN and, and Big Ten Network and caught the PJ Fleck postgame press conference. I welled up a little bit. Not going to lie. When fans, I welled up a little bit. When fans stormed that field, it was awesome. That was really cool. If, if, you, don't, if you don't get slightly choked up by that, then you don't like sports. Because that's what sports is. Sports provides opportunities. The spontaneous combustion there was just so cool. And by the way, too, I would like to say, after all of these years, thank you to the football gods. Because ordinarily, it's the Gophers receiver headed towards the end zone and what looks like certain victory, right? Who gets to the 10-yard line and trips on it. Yeah. You know all it's of those, for sure, all dude. of those things that for how long yes. happened to the Vikings or Gophers happened to Penn yes. State on Saturday. You should feel zero guilt about it because it was you who had happened to a the, bunch. The Gophers. I was explaining all this to Rami during Scornorth Live today. That was Rami's first college football game on Saturday. Not only his first Gopher football oh, you game. Never got to a Badger his game. First college nope. football game. Oh, Badger games were fun too. Yeah. There were little kids. In fact, uh, one of my buddies from college, John Harding. I don't know if he's listening right now. He brought his kid. He brought his son yeah. to the game to the suite with us. Yeah. His son watched. His son's probably first conscious memory of Gopher football will be them knocking off one of the four best teams in the country. And I and I said to that little kid in the hallway, I said, "This isn't listen. now. Listen, Sonny. <laughs> listen. This isn't what normally listen, happens. Listen, you. This doesn't happen. <laughs> this is not what normally happens. I hope you know how lucky you yeah, are. Yeah. You, but there is. There, do you know what I'm going to live with? I hope you appreciate this. <laughs> but there is a. There's a generation. There's my generation of Gopher fans, and then I think, you know, Judd is sort of the next like half generation generation past that. And for both of our generations, that was the peak of Gopher football. That was the peak. There's other big wins. I know they've beat Michigan a couple times, but in terms of where you are as a program undefeated this late in the season and where your opponent was, and what I just, 48 hours later, I'm sitting here and I'm still having a hard time processing the fact that Wiley Coyote, which is what the Gophers have been my entire life, dodged the anvil. For the first time, but caught the, the roadrunner. But they, but here's what I loved about it: they did it also by punching back. Like, okay, the kid tripped. That's great. It's a nice break. But think about it: the Shannon Brooks fumble, which Penn State took and scored off of eventually on that drive, ordinarily is the beginning of the disaster. And I'm talking about. And what I really like about th- this team and what makes them tough in my mind 
is they got the ball back and like, okay, cool, it's fine. How often have we had, forget the golfers, how often have we had big-time teams in this market have something go really pretty wrong? Guy fumbles the ball, team scores, and they're like, okay, that's fine. Every time. It just doesn't, I mean, every the, time. the Twins have had a couple championships, so th- those teams were certainly mentally tough, but when you think about the Vikings, the reason why I told Chip, as the Vikings matriculated down the field at the Superdome, and Chip said, they're going to the Super Bowl, and the reason why I told Chip was, hold on, just wait, was because, so. <laughs> no, seriously, it's because my experience in life has been something's going to go wrong. Yeah. And, and the Gophers were like, okay, that's fine. Were you fine. expecting that Saturday at TCF Bank Stadium? You know, here's why. The only reason why I wasn't truly expecting that was they, in Big Ten play, had won all their previous games so convincingly that I think they're mentally tough. And there have been Vikings teams, and Phil, I, I think you can attest to this as well, where you like, you're like, okay, some of these guys can ha- hack this, but some of them can't. And you knew... In New Orleans, when the extra guy, when Tahi showed up in that huddle, you're like, oh, this is really bad. The gopher game? I don't know. I think what helps me with this with this gopher team, too, and it's going to sound weird, but it's the fact that the quarterback is unaffected. Like Cousins, if something goes wrong for Kirk, you start to see it, right? The wheels are grinding, and it's like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Tanner Morgan, things go wrong. He's fine. And that's the type of young man he is. His leadership is through the roof, and he makes everybody else around him better, and he is the guy who works the hardest. And when your hardest workers are your best players, you can have something special, and that's what we're starting to have here. That was P.J. Fleck on Golik and Wingo this morning. If you want that whole interview, you can just go to the Score North Gophers show page, anywhere you find podcasts or scorenorth.com, and you can listen to it. But you're talking about... You're 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 speaking from the perspective of someone who consciously watched the 1987 and 1991 World Championships. If you are 35 years old or younger, like myself, I vaguely remember as a six-year-old Kirby Puckett hitting a home run. I've seen the highlights a million times. It still counts. Like I was alive for it. I was in first grade or kindergarten, or whatever. Like I was a conscious human being, and I remember it happening. But I don't. I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. It wasn't. It wasn't something that I remember celebrating and like feeling the joy as a, as a Minnesota sports fan would. And so moments like Saturday, if you're, if you're someone who's my age or younger, a moment like Saturday is your 1991 game seven. You know, the Minneapolis miracle is your 1991 game six. The Gophers taking the ax is your equivalent of the Red Sox winning a world. Like we, if you're 35 years old or younger, you don't like. I mean, unless you're a, a hardcore Lynx fan and you have four championships, and that's awesome. But you also didn't grow up with the WNBA, and like I'm talking the four major teams or leagues that you grew up with. It was in your DNA from birth. If you are 35 years old or younger, you are me. You are Jonathan. You don't have championships. You don't like Saturday was your championship. And I, a couple people tweeted at me during the celebration and stuff. Like, man, did they win the? College football championship? No, but th- but basically yes. Like, <laughs> sure felt like it. Yes. So let's let's take a few more calls here too. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I've never seen him this happy. When was the last time you saw him this happy? You've known him more, much longer than I have. Josh. When Tiger Woods won la- the Masters, yeah, you were pretty yeah. happy. That's, that's this true. last Masters. He wasn't like this. He was fairly close. I was here for that because th- this is okay. But here, quickly, here's the thing about what what is taking place right now it is 
I think, literally hard to put into words or process it. The Minnesota Gophers are ranked seven in the AP and coaches poll. The last time that the Gophers were ranked that high was November 19th, 1962, okay? They were fifth then. Just for context sake, that was a year and three days before JFK was assassinated. God. Okay? Think about that. Huh? <laughs> what? JFK's assassination I've read about, but like I would never be like, oh, yeah, I can sort of know. That's 1962. I was born in 69, all right? But think about that. Just for the context of trying to get your head as a sports fan around what we're seeing, it's really difficult. Yeah. How do you put into words something that that if you're real with yourself, you thought this might never happen with me on this earth? Yeah, it's and and I and to some extent, does it matter how they validate it in the next few weeks? Iowa, Wisconsin, I, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of that because the range of outcomes right now for Gopher football, and I'm not saying that this first thing is likely, but the range of outcomes right now for this year yep. includes college football playoff. I know it includes college football bleeping playoff again. Very hard to <laughs> talk like, about because comprehending it's hard. So that's that's on the table. Yep. Uh, also on the table, and this, today is not the day for this, but just also on the table is them not winning their own division. It, like mathematically, it, it is still on the table, but we will not. But how about the, be the middle, last I speak of that today? How about the middle of that conversation, which is the Rose Bowl, yes. which to me is still hard to comprehend? Yes. Um, and by the way, we are commercial free all hour here trying to comprehend all of this and everything that happened this weekend. <laughs> we need a commercial free hour just to comprehend this. <laughs> yes. To talk this just out. To get this through our thick skulls. We said, listen, this is one of the most amazing weekends of Minnesota football with the Gophers knocking off Penn State, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins checking all of these boxes and the Vikings of primetime, road game, quality opponent. And so we are blowing out all the commercial breaks until the top of the hour, 651-646-8255. Let's go to uh, David in Minneapolis. And by the way, if you were at the game, we want to hear from you. The lines are full right now, but but keep trying as people drop I off. I want to know what I have survived had I stormed the field. That's a question I have for the people. You might not there. have. I, I know. My knees probably would have exploded on impact. But then once I got onto the field, I don't know what happens, even if my knees don't explode. You would have crawled like Lieutenant Dan, baby. <laughs> <laughs> David, what's going on, man? Hey, so I'm here to talk about Robbie Scheibladder, if that's okay. Yeah, Rami would uh, love to talk about his Scheibladder. <laughs> no, uh, in, in all seriousness, I was not at the game on Saturday. Um, I lived in the Northeast area, not too far away. Me and my buddies went out to Dinky Town on Saturday night. Um, and by that point, it was like 8 o'clock. The bars were pretty quiet, but it looked like a tornado had gone through that entire neighborhood. It was really interesting to see. Uh, you had debris and frat house front lawns. You had bars that were out of beer and out of drinks and out of food, uh, garbage everywhere. Um, really cool to see. But at the same time, when Wisconsin comes to play in two weeks, it's you know something to channel my inner PJ Fleck and say that game could be for an undefeated regular season. And I think Dinky Town and that area needs to be filled with people from sunrise until you know bar close that night. Um, you know, make it so the Badgers can't get to their hotel from their hotel to the game. You know, make it that crazy. It's not unreal to think about at this point. You guys are just talking about outcomes. That's an outcome right there. You know, it, it was incredible to see that stadium at that vibrant, and I think it's a really cool environment we're going to see in the next three to four weeks and see this place be a Gopher Town again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the phone call, David in Minneapolis. He's right about a tornado ripping through Dinky Town. 
So I went a couple hours after the game was over, after we got done doing the emergency podcast, I went down, uh, my fiance and her friend, they met up with some friends. And so they, they had kind of made their way from the stadium to Dinky Town. And, and they said, Hey, why don't you stop by? And I was like, ah, I mean, God, the traffic's got to be a nightmare still parking. And I, I was like, I'll drive around. And if I get lucky with a meter, then I'll, I'll stop by. I got lucky right outside Blarney. Blarney was so much fun because you had, <laughs> it's a great bar. You had gopher fans. You had 60 year old gopher fans drinking beers with 22 year old juniors and seniors. And celebrating and strangers hugging and cheersing. And even he, like, I'll give credit to the Penn State fans that were kind of sadly moping around campus. They handled it pretty well. They handled, they handled it better than most Hawkeyes and Badgers fans would, which is well, just to, like attack you back. Wisconsin fans would not handle it well. But it was, it was a unique, really fun vibe on campus after the game was over. When he talks about Wisconsin fans and making it hard for them to get into TCF Bank Stadium in a few weeks when, when the Badgers visit, when I lived in Milwaukee, they hated how Cubs fans just invaded Miller Park every time the two teams played. And when the Brewers would get good, it was always like, "Here, we, this is our moment. They're not taking over our stadium this time, baby." <laughs> and I remember, like, "Take Back Miller Park" was a thing. Like that was we actually had a march on Miller Park, our radio station, a very unsuccessful one, to keep Cubs fans out. It was like this big push. Never worked. It was always like at least forty percent Cubs fans, even when the Cubs were at their worst and the Brewers were at their best. Is there any chance of keeping Batters fans out of TCF? Stadium, or are we dealing with very much the same thing? If if they bought their tickets for this game, probably not. Here's the one thing: if the Badgers lose one more game, I think the uh, I think their fans might not travel as much. But the, the callers got a very intriguing point. What would it take for this? Because I don't I don't think that we're there yet. What would it take success wise for this to become even? Not fully a gopher town, but feel like a gopher football town. Well, ingredient number one is in place, and it's P.J. Fleck. It's having a coach that people gravitate toward, right? When, 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 the Tim, when this was kind of a Timberwolves town for a while in the late 90s, early 2000s, yes, the team being good helped, and KG helped, and Spree and Cassell, but I think having Flip Saunders as such a likable front man for the organization was a big deal. Okay. And... I think a lot of the people that were out on Fleck or were skeptical of Fleck or thought that he was uh, that he was the music man coming into River City, right? And he was going to sell you a bill of goods. Like, right. okay, there's substance. Obviously, they're the seventh ranked team in the country, and so I think ninety five percent of people have jumped on board. Mm-hmm. And I think just having having that Pied Piper helps you build community and helps you build a tribe and. Now it just kind of remains to be seen. Like, what does it look like against Wisconsin? What what, what can they do next year with the recruiting momentum? That place being full was great. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've been in that godforsaken stadium on so <laughs> many days where there have been probably 20,000 there, 23,000. And, you know, it's just a football stadium, so it's not special. Seeing that environment and the student section full on Saturday and the rush to charge the field... <laughs> It's awesome. Yes. I mean, it was just, it was so, that, again, that is why, in my heart, I love sports. Because you name me another activity in life that can cause people spontaneously, too. So, you know, you're not going to it saying that this is going to to take place for sure, and you don't know exactly how, how the script is going to play out. And when that script played out and you saw those students start to filter down very quickly 
And you said to yourself, this is going to be unbelievable. And they won that game. That is something that is absolutely priceless because it's just so spontaneous and so quick. And ultimately, you couldn't see the field. Like, we've all got pictures, right? It's so cool. You can't see there's a football field. Yeah, it's so cool. And we we had someone called in during Score North Live, a a 60-plus-year-old Gophers fan who said, as he was walking down to the concourse, he ran into some kids in the student section, and they were like, hey, old man, you coming with us? Like, like not yeah. in a derogatory way, but right. you coming with us? And and they all realized as they were trying to get down to storm the field that this stadium's been around for over a decade, and no one knows how to storm the field. Yep. Did that guy the, say he was 60 yeah. and he stormed the field, the guy who called, our yeah. show, called the show today? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, 651-646-8255. Any of you guys ever been part of that? Storming a field or a court in I high never, school. I once. never have. I stormed the field at Camp Randall once, but that was a mistake. <laughs> and you were naked. <laughs> I, I was actually what do you mean a mistake. I was like actually pushed actually down lost. by Bucky. <laughs> Bucky Badger pushed me down. A cop picked me up and told me, "Get off the field, or you're going to be arrested." Were you alone? I was or with somebody. Storm with you. It's a long story. Were you so Take drunk? Long story. We've got a commercial run? free hour. It was explained. <laughs> All right. It's a. It was eighty nine or ninety. Eighty nine. I, I believe the Gophers are playing in <laughs> Madison. The Badgers were awful. The Gophers were terrible. I'm in the first row because nobody is there. The Badgers win to like win their first Big Ten game, and I think the, the Gophers hadn't won a Big Ten game, and so my buddies and I are like, "Yeah, hey, let's storm the field." Unfortunately, I didn't know, being young and dumb, about the uh, fifth quarter. And, of course, that has to start because that's a huge tradition. So I'm at the 50-yard line, and all of a sudden I get catapulted (laughs) from behind, pushed down. I look back, and it's Bucky. Bucky Badger has pushed me down because the fifth quarter is starting because, you know, the band comes out, and Bucky leads it. So he pushes me down, and the next thing I'm being grabbed by my trench coat lapel, pulled up, and it's a cop, and he's like, get off the field or you're going to be arrested. And that was it. And by the way, the band playing no, in the background. no one was there. The best part is nobody was at Camp Randall. This, just, this, is, this is before, this is pre Barry Alvarez. Oh, yeah. This okay. is, I believe this, this was Goody against Don Morton. Okay. Oh, oh, oh it was ugly. Rough, man. That is something. 651 646 8255. Randy and Cottage Grove, you're part of a commercial free hour of Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Randy. How was your football weekend? You you're not you're not running the the commercials or what happened? Not today, man. This oh, is all about celebrating a great I, weekend I might, in I Minnesota just, football. I might just cut it loose and freewheel a little bit. Then I I was just going to talk about the, the the Vikes, but you know what? I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I, I I I used to hate uh, hate on the Gophers. Okay, I used to as the kids say hate on them. I I, I didn't like them. I didn't watch their games. And as a matter of fact, uh, most of the bars I drink at wouldn't even have those games on. Typically, uh, I mean they might be on, but you know, no, ain't nobody watching, right? Okay. Well, this weekend it was a little bit different story. It was kind of a good atmosphere. They had the they had the, the game on uh, the Gopher game on the television, uh, all the big screens in the bar, and they were doing uh, touchdown shots for the Gophers wow. as, as well. So I had a great time. We had a <laughs> It was a high-scoring game. I don't have to tell you guys. We had we threw a few back. We had a good time. We sang the uh, whatever they call it, the the the, the rouser. Yeah. And um, and we we were snug, and it was fun. And I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm I'm on board. I, I I'm going to eat a little crow 
on the Gophers and say, Fleck, you're doing a hell of a job. You're you're a stud of a coach, and uh, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. And they, I'll tell you right now, that offensive line for the Gophers makes me snug. All four of those guys could absolutely play on Sundays. I see some big boys in that squad, and we should get a couple of them across town over in Egan, okay? That's, uh, I want to say just just sky Sky's the sky the ma, as they say. Sky okay. the ma, baby. Exactly. Sky, sky that ma. Sky the ma. Sky that ma. Is that like Sky Mall magazine? What I really, excuse me. Oh, nothing. Sorry. Keep going. Okay, Jeff. Here's what I really, what I really called to talk about, though. I mean, because that's still just amateur football. Obviously, it's fun. We had a good time. Keep the shots rolling. But right now, I am really, really snug about the purple. And I'm, I'm gonna say right now, we should be nine and one. Okay, we we could have won that game against the Packers. We got jobs. We got we would you guys agree? We got hosed in that that OPI call on Cook. Totally hosed. That should be a win. That was a win right there. Kirk Kirk got hosed. We got hosed, Mm -hmm. and then we should have won last week. We 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 took pedal off the foot off the pedal. Stefanski turned in a a a bozo play call day last week. Should be nine and one coming off that win yesterday. I was inspired. I am refreshed and re-energized, and I'm actually going to roll out a new little thing. If you if you want to hear it, it's oh, going to wow. be called Randy's Stud Stable, and I'm going to going to give you my studs of the game. Wow, is this a new segment? This is a segment within a segment here. This oh, is uh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so I'm going to hand out some awards now for guys who made it into Randy's Stud Stable last night. There's a bunch of. Can you put on the the football music? Well, well, we have Randy. Randy Pro- are you calling, calling for production? Are you producing right? wow. segments now, Randy? Jonathan, I I need uh... to get in the mood. Okay, Randy's stud stable against the Cowboys. Dan Bailey, the stud. Amir Abdullah, the stud. Delvin Cook. He's a stud. Kirk Cousins. He's a stud. Oh, yeah. Stefan Diggs. Big time stud. Such a stud. Everson Griffin. He's a stud. CJ Hamm. Leading the way. A stud. Anthony Harris. Who dat dude? A stud. Mike Hughes. Coming into his own. How, how big is the stable? Yeah, how many guys are in the stable? Mike Hughes, Randy, didn't have a great K-Rod game last night. You Kirk know that, right? Coming up with the big-time play in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Stud. Alexander Madison. He's a second fiddle with the first-string attitude. He's a stud. Randy, how many stalls in this stable, buddy? Riley Reef Played a kick-ass game. It's a stud. I'm going to have to just fade him out. Yep. This Kyle is getting like the draft. Caught that one in the back of the end zone, toe tapping, a stud. Harrison Smith, bruising yeah, just, uh, and going for it. We're doing this. Uh, we'll yeah, just, let's just fade okay. him out. We have to move on. Just fade him out. He's going to go through the whole roster, right? There it is. Okay. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was a, a, that. A that's stud. bordering on Randy's mock draft. Okay, I'm just gonna just gonna fade him out there. All right. And we go to break now ordinarily, but it's a commercial-free hour. Oh, that's right. A commercial-free hour. Yeah, we, have have to, we have to recover from which, that. Which might have been the biggest mistake <laughs> in the history of this show. <laughs> but we're here to celebrate, damn it. Gophers knock off Penn State.
Like, Vikings step up and beat, with a bunch of studs, by the way, step up and beat the Cowboys last night. Which really Randy on Twitter is, is, is our Randy? Because there's two of them. There's, there's, a, there's a story about that. Oh, okay. Is Are you looking at, I'm Rand, looking at, at Randy Vikes? I'm looking at Randy Vikes 69. That's his current account. Okay. Yeah. His old account, the old one? His old account was at Randy Vikes. Yeah, that's the other one. That I, I think here. it got suspended at one point because he was going aggressively at like Lions assistant coaches or something. Yeah. That's back when he. Why doesn't that? He got in a fight, you? right? He got in a fight at with work Pete, at one he, point. Well, he got in a fight with Peter Schrager one time on. Because Schrager plagiarized him. Yeah, that's a whole story. Let's go back to the phone lines here because we are celebrating a weekend of Minnesota football. Bill in Plymouth, and please don't call for music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. Hey, thanks, Bill. You know, I've I've been at two storming of the fields, the only two this century, at at, uh, at the TCF Bank Stadium. The first was Nebraska in 2013. Uh, and then, of course, this weekend. And, uh, you know, on July 22nd, on Boatwagon 1 uh, uh, on Twitter, I, I tweeted out that we were going to be 9-0 and at this point because I totally believed in this team, the yeah. quality of this team, the talent. And I, I'm going to tell you, when you're in that stadium and 50,000 people are chanting the Minnesota chant in unison as loud as they can, it is, it, it's, oh, my God, it was electric. It was ecstatic. You know, as we're waiting to storm the field and everybody's singing Prince's 1999, I mean, it just was chilling. And then you get on the field and you're high-fiving Boy Mafe and Rodney Smith because they didn't, they didn't run into the, into the – they were out there taking photos. You know, Fleck is a genius. I, he's an absolute genius. He – I hate to say it because I love Minnesota, but – we didn't have a national brand. We had no brand. We yeah. had an irrelevant brand. We now have a national brand that people are paying attention. And this is not unconscious. PJ's, he's got this figured out, you know, and it's going to last. I mean, even if he leaves, he's, he's building something here that's about positivity and about motivation and about doing the right thing. We got something for the future. It's an it's an incredibly exciting time to be a Gopher fan. Yeah, Bill in Plymouth, man, that's a that's a great phone call. Thank you for the phone that's call. Well put. Yeah, I almost feel like sometimes people want PJ Fleck to apologize for how intentional he is about marketing and and making sure that there's cameras everywhere. Right. Although in some ways he sort of he he makes it very clear that he knows because he's not a dumb guy. He knows that older people, I, I would say, this is safe to say, for the most part, don't get it. But he keeps saying that's fine. It, this is not a difficult conversation to me. If you don't like his style, that's absolutely fine. He knows that. That's fine with P.J. Fleck. But the appreciation that you have to have, whether you like his style or not, is the guy can flat-out coach He's a really good football coach. He's got a really good offensive system. The only weakness that this guy had, and he finally took care of it, I believe, after the loss to Illinois last year, was the defensive coordinator. He can coach. And I know I might be a little bit different, but I don't know what how different I really am. I don't see what you see. But just maybe, just maybe, our row the boat different might be the way. And maybe we're just ahead of the game. we got to think that way. Because the way we do it is so unique and so different, and it's not for everybody, and I get that. But let's step outside of our box. 
This is 2019. We're getting ready to go 2020. It's just, it's just different. And one thing I love about our program, our coach, our coaches, our administration, we evolve. United are we. We are one. Our Minnesota. And we're going to push that forward. And I'm going to continue to push it forward. I think he was surprised when he showed up. And I was at his introductory press conference. And I was sitting in the front row and, like, I feel I, I felt like one of those uh, one of those pilots going through training where like your cheeks are flapping or something, and because he's just he just comes in with straight energy, right? And I almost I think when he took the job, he thought, "Hey, we're all in this together. Even the media is in this, right? And this is all happy and great." And he didn't realize, even though it's, it's not New York or Boston cynicism in terms of media, but or pressure, but especially with the Gophers. The cynicism that exists, that mm-hmm. layer of cynicism yeah. for 50-plus years, and he didn't know what he was walking into in that regard. And so he's gotten a ton of blowback, a ton of blowback. I mean, we have Patrick Ricey on our show every single day, and he's the lead columnist in this town, right? And you know, Sid Hartman is his senior and is very positive. But uh, but I think, I think that last soundbite was PJ's way of saying, hey, all of you who sort of turned on me early or thought that I was a wackadoo, Bleep you. I mean, that's that's the translation there, right? Because the best way to fight cynicism and pessimism is with optimism and positivity. And so he he shouldn't hide from that. And our last caller is right that if if this is something that when and I'm going to say when he eventually leaves for a, for a bigger, better job, if he can leave that behind, that's that's a complete culture change for for Gophers, Gophers football and Gophers athletics as a whole, if he leaves that behind, that you can be optimistic, you can be positive about this program and realistically do so, I think that's a mindset that, that you haven't been able to yeah. have if you were a Gophers fan for a long time. And that mindset extends to Twins, Vikings, and even uh, wild Timberwolves, right? And I'm not saying it's not earned. I'm not saying that the sports teams in this town haven't earned cynicism, because they have. Sure. Through poor performances yeah. and choking in big games. It's not my fault on me. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I've, yes. been, I've been turned into this jug. And it, I it, want to be positive. It takes a lot to turn that, but it's. I think to turn that, winning is the thing that turns it ultimately. And also, sometimes it becomes so ingrained that even when there are things to be optimistic about, you don't see them. And that's kind of where we're at. You're so wired, you're so ingrained to be negative and to be pessimistic that when there is something to be optimistic about, even if it's not, hey, they're winning a championship today, but... Let's take the Timberwolves, for example. They have put themselves on the right path, finally. And there is something to be optimistic with them there. But there are a lot of people who refuse to see that and say, I'll believe it when they're when they are actually there. When they're when they are back to relevance again, that's when I'll believe that things are actually different with the Timberwolves. So with Flecto, what intrigues me is this. He has a definite demeanor and he has an, an approach. But very subtly, he's very observant, and he tweaks it. The example is this. He came in, I think Phil's right. I think he thought, college football coach, I'm going to come in. I've been told it's a negative environment there. I'm going to change that. And a lot of people are like, no, dude, no, no, it's bad. It's really bad. He came into our studios. If you, you recall, he had just been hired. A Big Ten Network crew came with him. Yep, And he sat here in the chair that Rami's in right now and talk to us. And I'll never forget this. We got done with our first segment and he was staying for at least two, if not three. Yep. And he basically said something about what do you think? Or I forget his words. And Phil said, I think you said, that's great. 
And I said, interesting. And yeah, he asked like for feedback on the segment or Yeah, and he and but what's interesting is he looked back at both of us and said, You said that's great. You said interesting. He was one thousand percent going to school on our reactions. Like ordinarily, football coach, you don't care. It's like that's my act. Mm-hmm. So bleep you if you don't like it. But he very deliberately thought about it. And he could tell I, I was probably more of a cynic, but he didn't do it in a negative way. And I really think if you go back and listen to his first press conference to now, it hasn't changed massively, but I think there have been alterations and tweaks. And I think he's continually trying to mold things to an an environment that he sees as the most productive possible, where you do have coaches who just go full speed and don't care. I think he honestly does care. And at the press conference on Saturday, he talked continually, or a few times, about the media here. And about how it's tougher, and, and he, he appreciates that. And I was like, okay. But I think what he's saying is, I get what you're doing now. I think he showed up, and he just thought, college football, media's going to... And he's like, no, it's big city. I get that. So for all he does as far as, as how he approaches life, I do think he's an observant guy who definitely does not make huge alterations, but he definitely observes things and tweaks things. Yeah. Um, we have full phone lines right now, but as people drop off, give us a phone call. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North app, scorenorth.com. And we just, we just want to hear from you. This is such a fun, amazing weekend of fall in the Twin Cities with the Gophers knocking off Penn State and with the Vikings winning a huge game on national TV last night. And if you were at the game, we want to hear your story. Uh, we were all at the game and, and soaking it all in. Biggest Gophers win. Of our lifetimes, let's go back to the phone lines here where, let's see here, I think Ben in Florida has been holding for uh, for quite some time. Ben in Florida, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Um, I think this weekend would not be possible without, you know, the guidance of P.J. Fleck and, and Mike Zimmer. You know, I know they're just they're different styles of coaches, and especially Mike Zimmer. You know, everybody, everybody rags on Mike Zimmer, and I'm always a defender of him because he has brought a lot of culture change to the Vikings. Guys are taking less money to stay here, which speaks a lot to the the culture that the head coach and owner has set up for Minnesota. And I will tell you this, guys, after watching last night, you cannot convince are you are you convinced that Mike Zimmer is a better coach than Jason Garrett? Like hands down. Because I I could not believe what I saw. If if I'm Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett be, would be out of a job right now. You know, I'm not the owner of the Cowboys, and Garrett has been allowed to stay there for over a decade, and things like this continue to happen. But, you know, everybody rags Mike Zimmer, especially after last week in Kansas City. KJ Fleck and Mike Zimmer have their team, had their teams ready to play this weekend. So this weekend will not be possible without the leadership of the head coaches of these football teams. So what are your thoughts on that uh, leadership of Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I mean, compared well, compared to Jason Garrett right now. Can somebody explain that? I have no idea. You're at the cannot one, explain it. Eleven yard line. You've moved from your own six, and you're basically carving the Vikings up. Carving Mike Hughes up specifically. Okay, which is you know yeah. And then you decide that you're going to have Zeke, who's been stopped the whole game, run the football. No idea. Yeah, it was weird. It's really weird. It made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was incredible in that game last night. That guy was throwing dimes all over the place. And I get that Zeke Elliott is a Ferrari, and he's great, and the Vikings are missing Linval Joseph, but 
Like the at Vikings without Linval Joseph were. You go with the hot hand. You go with what's yeah. working. And at that point, what was working was throwing the football and throwing the football specifically at Mike Hughes over uh, and over again. Speaking of Mike Zimmer and leadership, mm-hmm. it's a good segue. Have you guys heard Mike Zimmer's postgame address to the team last night? I don't think so, no. It's about a 40 second clip here, and it, it's all bleeped out. Ziggy Wolf is standing right behind him. It's celebratory. You've got Pat Elfline and a mustache standing right next to him. And then he, he, he trolls the team at the very end of this. It's good. Just take a listen. I'm so f***ing proud of you. You guys fought your off tonight. Okay? You fought your off. It wasn't always pretty. There was a lot of good though. Right? Fourth and five stop. Uh, when they got the ball down in there. But the thing I'm most proud of is the way that we f- competed. If you compete like that every single day, we'll continue to get better and we'll continue to win a hell of a lot of games, right? That's a hell of a team win now, fellas. That's a hell of a team win. All right, I'll see you at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll see you Wednesday. I so want the Vikings on hard knocks. <laughs> do you not want that? Do you not want that man on hard knocks? Hilarious. I'll see you. The look on Elfline's face was like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Uh, let's go to. That's my reaction too, by the way. When someone says, "See you at eight in the morning," about anything. What? <laughs> Which actually happened twice last week, so Rami wasn't happy. That was nine o'clock in the morning. It wasn't too much later. Yeah, it was rough. Six five one six four six. That's why I had to go home and sleep all day after the game on Saturday. That's what I'm going to blame it on. I'm not old. <laughs> right. Uh, we are commercial-free all hour. We will talk to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, go around the league, talk Vikings, and where they stand in the NFC in about 15 minutes. But we've been commercial-free all hour and uh, celebrating a great weekend of football here in the Twin Cities. Let's go to uh, Luke in Minneapolis. You're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Luke, are you there? Luke. Luke's driving around. He's been around. on hold for a long time. He's driving put, around. Luke! Put Luke on hold there because he's... He's been on hold for like Did the minutes. guy who's never seen Star Wars just make a Star Wars reference? I did. Okay. Pop culture. Everyone maybe. knows that. Pop culture. What? Maybe. Look at how you're bitter at Phil for that. Yeah, you don't get to use those. That's really, really petty. You don't get Robbie. to use those. If you no, don't watch the movies. Let's not gatekeep on this get, one. That's super no, no, petty. No, no, no. I'm going to gatekeep. No, no, no. Wow. For no, Darth Vader? I'm petty. Promote I don't hide that. I right? Star Wars. I'm petty. Nick and Blaine, <laughs> you're on the show. Hey, what's going on? Sports hey, Dad. What's up? Mackie, Rami, Jonathan. Uh, usually I call into a vent line, so I'm excited to pop my uh, cherry with the greatest drive time show there is in the country. We appreciate that, so, but uh, I think you meant to call uh, Mike Francesa's show. I was going to say, the sports folks are busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, all right, so let's start with the fact that I was so pumped. I was like a kid on Christmas back in the day. To get to work this morning just to listen to all the sports talk shows while I was working. Just so amped, so excited. Now, the fact that both the teams won, but they won on uh, last uh, last drive defensive stops, which regularly we don't even get one, let alone two. So the fact that that happened, the way the whole weekend happened, I couldn't be happier. So this week, I'll listen, I'm listening to all the shows. I'm turning the positivity and the excitement into the hype going into later week for the games this weekend. So, roll the boat, Sky Umaha, skull. There it is. I like that little go twist that Nick put in there. No, he's put the skull on the end of it. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Francesa, you knew there was a Mike Francesa <laughs> go for Penn State prediction floating around there somewhere, didn't you? 
Yep, this is from his show late last week. If Minnesota ever wins a game like this, they just gave this. First of all, Minnesota being eight and zero is a big deal for Minnesota. Okay, absolutely. Number right. two, they're, they're just really gave. They anyway, just gave right. their. They just gave their. But Minnesota is a program that hasn't been near eight and zero in forever. They also. Absolutely. They also just gave the coach. A seven-year contract. Huge. Because Huge. he, Absolutely. yeah, because he, because because Florida State was flirting with him. Is he supposed right. to win Saturday? No, he's not supposed no. to win. The question is, can he keep it close? That's the question. Can he keep, right. can he keep the usually, game? Can he keep the game close Saturday? I, I don't think Minnesota can can hang with Penn State for four quarters. I don't think they can. It's over. One of the biggest wins in school history for the University of Minnesota. They go to nine and zero. Undefeated previously, Penn State, 31 to 26. Here's Holly. <laughs> I love the sports pump. Sports pump. He's just the greatest. takes. Just like, yeah, Big Ten. How, how many Big Ten games do you think the sports pump has seen in the last 10 years? <laughs> Maybe a handful. Maybe, well, now that they got Rutgers, like Michigan, New York, Ohio, of course oh, he's seen more. Yeah, what's, Come on. Once Jim Delaney got that Rutgers program, <laughs> Big Ten Network, permeating the Big Ten, or the uh, Manhattan I think area. He, but he's probably, he's probably watching a lot of SEC games. Oh, yeah. just like, he's probably glued to SEC football, right? Sonny and Malvern, what's up, Sonny? Hey, Mike. LSU does have the offense go with the defense this year, but tough to win in Alabama. I don't really think they tough. can win. I don't think they'll win. <laughs> I don't think they're as good as Alabama. Congratulations. Go Tigers. <laughs> oh, do we have some? Oh. That's amazing. Oh, man. If we've got some sound from Orgeron. Oh, Coach O's the greatest. I just want to say. Does anyone sound more like their state and program Dude, he in sounds, football history he than sounds, Ed Orgeron? He sounds like the coach from Waterboy. He does. He sounds just <laughs> like the coach from Waterboy. It's why the, the USC job was a terrible it's, job. Because you're out in California, man. You can't sound like that in Southern California. But LSU? Perfect yeah. for him. It's fantastic. Yeah, he speaks their language. It's amazing. Let's go back to uh, the phone lines here. 651-646-8255. Commercial free hour of Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Paul. I got a question about Miko. No, I'm just kidding. Paul, what's um, going on, man? <laughs> I got to bring it back to where my roots, right? I got a question about... All this talk about if P.J. stays. Now, when I grew up, we had coaches that stayed in the Big Ten forever. You know, Judd Heathcote with Michigan State and so on and so forth. What's wrong with staying with the team and making a legacy with a team for your career? I I mean, I understand there, you know, Lou Holtz went to Notre Dame. That was his dream job and so on and so forth. But why do we always have to assume P.J. To leave, and why is that just in college? Yeah, you don't hear anybody say somebody's coaching the Buccaneers because they want to go to the Cowboys someday. Why, why do we do this with with the college rankings? Yeah, what do, I mean, the Paul, thank you, and, and why do you guys uh, good, leave? To, good to hear you again. Well, obviously, boosters have have yeah. lots of cash to give you money and prestige of program, prominence, legacy, ability to win a national championship. But there's yeah. not, but. If P.J. Fleck is going to leave here now, it's going to be for what jobs? It's probably a handful, right? At, at the most? At five, this, five jobs? At this point, it's I would say there's probably ten. Okay. You get, Notre Dame? Not available, by the way. Notre Dame. Maybe Michigan. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know, man. But maybe not. But I think, think he leave for Michigan. Here's, I don't know. But here's, like, I think it's probably five. Michigan... You are fired within four years if you don't meet their expectations of... 
beating yeah, but- Ohio State, going to college football playoff. Dude, PJ, you think PJ Fleck? You think that dude goes in thinking I'm going to fail and be fail and be fired in four years? It's true. No, but let's but let's go down the checklist here. If money can be equal, I mean, this isn't we're not we're not. I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't small time. You know, Sunbelt Conference. This is a top fifteen market. There's a lot of big boosters. They just put a huge hundred fifty million dollar practice facility out there. And which, they just gave him a pay raise, which was enormous. He makes four million dollars now. Uh, the top coaches in, in college football make more like nine million dollars. Like Dabo Swinney makes nine million dollars. Yep. Could he get bumped to six or seven million and become a top five highest paid head coach? Would that would that two million dollar difference be where the Gophers and Mark Coyle and the athletic department draw the line? I say no, and the Board of Regents. So let's say, unless someone's going to come in at some point and offer him, you know, historic money, ten, twelve million dollars that not even Urban Meyer is getting. Right. If money's equal, I'm not saying there's not jobs you wouldn't leave for at some point, but I think based on the facilities and based on if he's able to recruit players here, like Rashad Bateman, which he is, it's not just an instant foregone conclusion like it would have been ten years ago. Oh my God, he's just going to leave within two years. Right. So I think it's about five schools. About five schools, yeah, I would say five I'd, to ten. I bolt for, and that's it. Yeah, and there's only and there's there's going to be one or two available every single year, right? Yeah, because like ne- never will true. all five or ten be available. Probably true. And where does his wife want to live? Because ultimately, that's what decides it, right? Yeah. How much does she like Minnesota? Exactly. I guess we'll find out in the next two or three years <laughs> if they keep winning like this. South Bend, Indiana, here they come. Hey, where do you guys? So the college, uh, the AP poll came out, and the coaches poll. And the Gophers are seventh in both those polls, which is I, I thought they'd be like seventh or eighth. I thought they'd I thought they'd move up above all the two loss teams, and then they'd be kind of in the fray with some of those real tough one loss teams. Yep. Uh, the 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 actual playoff committee will have their rankings come out this week. Where would you guys put the Gophers right now if it was you ranking them? I think seventh is actually pretty perfect. I wouldn't put them in the in the four yet. Yeah, I think seven to nine range somewhere in there. Yeah, I'd put them seven, and Penn State's got got to go from in that ranking probably four to eleven or ten. That fair? The Gophers need to be the second now Big Ten team, correct? Yes, behind Ohio State right yes, now. They that's are. the only but, other yeah, I think team. So, yeah. So yeah, I I think you know what if they are right now seventh, that's absolutely fine. It's very fair. Yeah. Uh, six five one six four six eight two five five. Luke in Minneapolis. We're talking Gophers, talking Vikings. Go ahead, man. Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call back. I had to get off because Randy took so much time before. Um, <laughs> He's still going too. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, we were there. I happened to take my. Well, I happened to go with my father-in-law, who was almost eighty. Uh, went with a couple buddies, and it was kind of cool because we planned on tailgating early. And I talked to my wife, and I was like, I don't think. He's going to want to go, but sure enough, he got up at 7 o'clock tailgating, doesn't eat before the game, doesn't eat or drink during the game because of nerves and things like that. So when it ended up finishing the way it did, I said, all right, let's go down in the field. He said, I ain't going down there. Well, we kind of weaseled through the, uh, what was it, the gift shop or the store there to get to the field, and we ended up hoisting him down, and my wife was upset I didn't get a video of us lowering him down onto the field. But it was a, you know, it's a moment, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of these fans that, um, you know, have vivid memories of the 60s when they went with their parents who are no longer with us. But it was a great day for so many people. But, Judd, you had asked the question in regards to uh, what is it going to take to become a gopher town? Mm -hmm. 
a couple thoughts. I think it's really going to be media driven. I think you guys should become the Gopher station. Um, you know, uh, Gophers are broadcast on the other station, but they're the Vikings station, and they don't give much love to the Gophers. Yeah. And I will give them credit. They gave them uh, some love the last two weeks, but that was because they were getting some flack from it. So there is huge opportunity for uh, you guys to be like the Gopher station or one of the more so. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all. Second of all, you've got to take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, Coach Flex is going to eventually leave sometime. And what you don't want to happen is that all the air gets blown or gets sucked out of the balloon when he leaves, right? Right. So the department and the the school has to stand on its own two legs in terms of culture, right? And they got to leverage this. And the big thing is, is they got to get season ticket sales up, and they got to reduce those premium um, scholarship portions of the tickets because there's been too many fans burned and have dropped season tickets from hockey like we did as well as football. So we uh, stub hub it and seek geek it because it's uh, more affordable. So love to get your thoughts and responses in terms of turning it into a gopher opportunity. Luke, thank you for the phone call, man. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, I will say that I think he brings up a really interesting point about the, they are the, the the athletic department is really reliant on the row the boat PJ Fleck and the row the boat brand, sure. right? Yeah, um, and I don't know how they finagled that because they did get it from Western Michigan. I don't know if if PJ owns row the boat and no, I think the school does. I was just, just like, ask you that. plug in a new coach I think and like they bought they, it from. I, I think they bought the the trademarks and rights from the school, and, and it, I think it transferred Minnesota. school to school. Okay, so it's not PJ Flex. It's it like you guys have saying, a, but it's owned by by the school. Have you guys seen Liar Liar with Jim Carrey? Where Jim yes. Carrey does the claw. Yes. And then the stepdad comes in and tries to do the claw, too. <laughs> Just doesn't work. Is that what you're saying might it's happen? the claw. <laughs> Here's the new coach. Okay, row the boat. Row the boat. Go, Gophers. So he, coach Oka coming. Row the boat. <laughs> he brought row the boat with him, but it's not his? It, I don't know who owns it. it. They bought they. The Gophers bought, I think, the licensing rights to it for a pretty reasonable fee from Western Michigan. That was the story. Okay. So he he was like, go get it. But he didn't pay for it. The school did. Honestly. I think they own it. If the go if Minnesota owns it, and I don't we'll have to do some if, if Minnesota owns it, it actually makes it more likely that he stays here longer. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think there's in two thousand nineteen that many jobs that he's going to be dying to leave for. Yeah. Well, it, to me, I it's, just don't. It's a non-conversation for at least a year because of the contract extension. Now, Shiraka, the OC. If I'm a school, I take a long, hard look at him because he's done a great job. But if you're PJ Fleck, you've just got this established now. When Holtz was here, that was a different era of things, and. The, you know, his dream job came open and he took it and did a great job. But I really think 1985 was so different as far as television exposure and things. Like if you, if you get a basketball or football program now off the ground and going, the, the networks flock to you now. It used to be like, on ABC Saturday, it's Michigan Ohio State again. Yeah. And I then mean, again. Honestly, it, it worries it's me. It's a different era. It worries me zero for the next two years. Zero after that contract extension, More. it is not going to happen in the next two years. Yeah, write that down. I was going. Oh, that's binding. That's binding. Okay, Jonathan, write that down. We'll put it in at the ten mil. Yeah. It, it well, ain't going to happen after this year. Well, I'll throw it in there. 
that was uh, that was fun. It was fun listening to people's phone calls and stories. And and what one thing that's been fun today too is keep tweeting out at Jay Zolgat at Phil Mackey at Rami is tweeting at Score North. If you've got photos or videos from the field, if you were storming the field or just videos and photos from the stadium on Saturday, we love seeing them. We'll uh, we'll share them with our audience. I got a quick question too. To us. If you jumped, why staircase was right there? That's true. They did. Students open the were jumping. There was a staircase down to the field. Yeah, they yeah. opened it up. Oh man! They announced that. They said, "If you are going to the field, do not jump." That's a long fall. It is. That's a painful fall. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. That's an ACL goes out fall. No, there's a staircase. There was a staircase. Why didn't you point were... this out at the time? They came on the PA system and announced it. The, oh, the guy came on and said, "If Sorry, you're I... going on the field, use the stairs." Next time, Rami. Next time. Next time. Next this time. was the first time in fifty years. Next first time, college Robbie. football game. He's only, he's forty Next years time. old. There's a, he's, mm. <laughs> we'll come back. We're first gonna last. Sorry, the sheltered life. Thank you to everyone who called in and who's life. been tweeting at us. We'll come back. We'll go around the NFL and we will also talk about where the Vikings stand after that big win last night with Tom Pelissero NFL Network. After we talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company and speaking of the Gophers, uh, the Gophers definitely helped. Big brothers and big sisters this weekend because Federated is a proud sponsor of U of M Athletics and Turnovers for Kids. For every forced turnover by the Gophers defense, Federated Insurance donates $1,000 to Big Brothers Big Sisters. And that meant at least $3,000. I know there was at least three interceptions in that game on uh, on Saturday. So Federated takes that giving spirit and 100-plus years of helping businesses, and they apply it to your business. They apply all of the different areas of expertise they have and making sure your business runs smoothly and can recover if there's something that goes wrong. Federatedinsurance.com to find your local Federated rep. And also, uh, don't forget, Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Somebody needs to be into you for it to be gratifying. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Thank you to him. Cousins rolling, and then he throws, and Rudolph, can he one-hand it? Yes! Touchdown! Man, oh man, it looked for a second like he was trying to throw it away, and then Rudolph reaches up and grabs it one-handed. Yeah, you know, winning is all that matters, and uh, I actually, you know, feel looking back, I've played very well in prime time. I've played good football, and if, if let's say, J-Ron doesn't intercept that and they come down with it, am I going to suddenly say, oh my gosh, I, I'm terrible in prime time? No, I'm going to look at the production, watch the film, and grade it the same way I would if, if we win or lose. So- the highlight on NBC, then Kirk Cousins talking about it. Hour two of Mackie and Judd with Rami. <clears throat> you got Excuse this. me. You got this. On 1500scorenorth.com. Right. Got choked up after uh, and the, the Gophers And the Score North mobile app. Very choked up. Get, I get emotional about that type of stuff. In time for Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights with Tom Pelissero of NFL <laughs> Network. Tom, Vikings fans were wondering last night, but grateful that Jason Garrett started running the ball when they could throw it will on the Vikings. Do you go into every offseason thinking, now nah, this is the year that Jerry Jones has finally had enough? I think that we always are on alert for whether or not that day may come uh, with Jason Garrett, but the Cowboys have this unique way of writing the ship at exactly the moment at which you think if they don't do it now, it's all over for them. You know, time and again, it's not as if they've tanked out. You know, they haven't had a 5-11 and season. They've always seemed to be on the cusp, whether they're getting into the playoffs 
whether they are coming up just short of the playoffs. This is another season where, you know, from listening to my colleague James Slater talk about it on TV and, and reading some of the things that uh, popped up on Twitter today, you think that the uh, the star is on fire down there in Frisco. They're still tied for first place in their division. They've still got a very talented roster. They just happened to run into a Vikings team last night that, quite frankly, played exactly the type of game that the Vikings are built to play. Hey, Tommy, what the heck in, in the Saints-Falcons game? It's not that the Saints look bad. The Saints look terrible. How, how do you summarize or deduct how that team, which obviously is has been good, looked that bad against a team that had struggled so much in the Falcons who had one win going into that game? It's a good question, Judd, and I didn't get to see a ton of that game live. I think that inevitably when you are riding on a high and you have a bad team coming in, there's the risk of, you know, potentially having some kind of a letdown. Uh, you know, I was at a game yesterday in Cincinnati between the Ravens and Bengals in which that very definitively did not happen and the Ravens <laughs> dominated, uh, in every phase from start to finish. Also, the Falcons, you know, changed some things up. Uh, Dan Quinn delegated some of the duties on the defense, which he had been calling himself this season. That had been their biggest problem, had been just that defense was 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 really poor. They played a lot better. They came up with some of their um, you know best football, and then you know the Saints also had a key injury to Marshawn Lattimore when he went down with that hamstring that you know may sideline him for a little bit here. Immediately, Julio Jones catches a big uh, pass that ends up kind of breaking that game a little bit open. You know, I, I didn't think the Falcons. You remember seeing them play the Vikings yeah. in Week One. The Vikings dominated that game, but I, you know, I didn't get the impression this was a really bad team. They just they played some bad football, and you know whatever they were doing with that extra week to prepare, obviously it paid off. You know, it's uh, by the way, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, with us here at Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights every single Monday at five o'clock. And I think if you would have asked me going into the week, I would have said, yep, definitely Saints and Niners definitely above the Vikings in the NFC pecking order. And then the Saints go and put up a clunker like that. Vikings look really good. And it's uh, it's it's very much a living organism, the NFC pecking order. But where do you think the Vikings are after everything that happened this last weekend here? Well, it's a week-to-week league. It's a matchup league, and it's an injury league. I mean, all those things factor into how these games go. Again, you know, when I said earlier – that the Vikings played exactly the type of game that they are built to play. Well, they dictated that to the Cowboys uh, on the on their home field. You know, I, I'm not taking anything away from them. They they simply said, "We are not going to let you run the football on us. We will. We are going to stack up against the run. Or you know, if you can beat us with Dak Prescott throwing the ball for uh, 400 yards, which he came decently close to it, um, you know, then so be it. But we are not going to let Ezekiel Elliott be the guy who's going to beat us in this game." You know, and one of the things I find fascinating is Kirk Cousins in that game goes 23 of 32 for 220 yards and two touchdowns on the road in prime time against a team with a winning record. Yet you sit back today and you go, boy, that running game was good. Boy, that run defense was good. That's, yeah, we can break down Kirk Cousins all we want. And I thought the soundbite with Cousins talking was really apropos. I mean, it's not as if he had to do the heavy lifting himself. Now he came up with some critical throws. I think that when we've seen him, um, you know, struggle for lack of a better term this season. It's really been when early in games, he's simply not accurate for one reason or another. We saw it, you know, obviously the Bears game was the most, uh, you know, glaring example of that. It happened again, uh, in last week's game. 
Yesterday he came out, he made the passes he had to, and you know what they've figured out with some of those outside toss plays, which have been really effective. I mean, I have to look at the updated numbers, but the Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFL this season uh, in terms of running outside the tackles. Uh, they got Dalvin Cook going, they got Alexander Madison going. That takes a lot of pressure off. You know, they as long as that defense and that running game are doing well. You know, they can carry Kirk Cousins to a certain degree as far as they want to go. It's just a matter of does Cousins make enough plays to support that. But he's, he's not their focal point. I don't mean that as a knock on Kirk. It's just, it's the truth. They're built to play a certain way. It's the way that that offense, uh, is built. And, you know, frankly, Matt Ryan won an MVP playing in a pretty similar offense. You can put up some gaudy numbers, but it all starts with the running game. And certainly as long as it's a Mike Zimmer coach team, it's going to start with the defense too. Both those sides. Um, certainly in the run game anyway on defense, and definitely the Vikings' run game came up huge. When you talk about that defense, though, you saw uh, Dak Prescott able to throw at will at Xavier Rhodes and at Mike Hughes, and before Mike Hughes, it was Trey Waynes who quarterbacks were able to throw at will against. Can you go deep with a defense that seems that vulnerable in the backside? Well, and it, uh, again, I think it goes back to the matchup here because, and I'd have to go back through and see what the, you know, kind of man zone split was. But my sense just watching the live was they were playing a lot of man to man and they were asking those guys to, to cover some pretty good receivers. I mean, Amari Cooper versus Mike Hughes in an ideal world. Do you want to see that matchup 30 times through the course of the game? Probably not, but Hughes was probably the best corner that the Vikings had before he got injured. He made a few plays in that game last night, too, and he, and he gave up some plays. I mean, you, you got to live with that. You know, you could sit back and play a bunch of zone and just say, okay, if you're going to run the ball, you know, into our front while we're playing too high the whole game, uh, maybe Zeke Elliott runs for 200 yards last night, maybe they lose. I mean, these are the decisions coaches have to make. You don't want to just say we're going to go out there and run our stuff. Uh, Mike Zimmer doesn't operate that way. Yes, his defense has certain principles, but they're going to be game plan specific. I thought, again, just from my live viewing of it, I thought that it was a really – smart game plan you know he bet on his secondary as much as you can say they gave up however many yards 300 plus passing they made enough plays and the run defense was so good and they controlled the clock so well uh, that it ended up with them uh, winning that game explain the the the, uh play which the first time i saw it i thought was just basically a bailout play and by about the third or fourth time i said it's not the Dak to Amari Cooper uh, play, Tom, which is on the sideline, and it, honest to God, looks like Cooper has some type of glue on his shoes to keep himself in bounds. That's an impossible play. In, in, he, in Hughes' defense on that touchdown, I don't know what he can possibly do because Dak rolls out, and it looks like Dak is panicked, but he's not. And he puts that ball out of bounds, and Cooper somehow wills himself to stay inbounds. That is an incredible play. Chris Collinsworth said on the broadcast that ball's three yards out of bounds, and I spent the next five minutes trying to figure out if anybody is nine feet tall in terms of once yes. their arms are over their head and whether that could be an accurate Pythagorean theorem. Because he's still upright at a 45-degree angle, the ball couldn't have been more than maybe seven and a half, eight feet out of bounds. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to defend. You know, yeah. that's... He extends the field, and Amari Cooper has shown he's really good at that. I mean, I remember when that trade went down and they give up a first-round draft pick, I and a lot of people within the NFL were flabbergasted by it. Uh, but the Cowboys and their scouting director, Will McClay, really believed that there was something untapped 
with Amari Cooper, that they could get him back to play the way that he had done early on in his career. You know, he had certainly dealt with a couple of injuries here and there, but just hadn't been all that productive. Well, since he's gotten there, he's been an absolute difference maker for the Cowboys. That now looks like a bargain. His next contract will not be. Joel Siegel, his agent, might just play uh, the highlight reel of those uh, out-of-body type of catches when uh, talking about the Julio Jones $22 million a year. But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Mike Hughes is a good young corner. You know, he's, he's best built to play in the slot. Last night, because Trey Waynes is out there to play him outside a bunch. You, know, you, you get by, you just hope he makes enough plays. He did come up with a couple uh, through the course of that game, and that's uh, it, it's all about figuring out how to win the game. It may not always be pretty. Yeah, you may get diced up, but you know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of games where he finishes with the rushing numbers that he did, and that's a credit to the way the Vikings played up front. 20 carries for 47 yards, I mean, you don't see that. Mackie and Judd with Rami Tom Pelissero from NFL Network here, and I think you know, there's a lot of happy fantasy football owners that have enjoyed Dalvin Cook's success this season, but in terms of just national football audience, Zeke Elliott, probably much more of a household name than Dalvin Cook, and last night... You probably had a lot of people introduced to what I think is the best running back in the NFL. You could probably debate two or three guys. When you talk to people around the league, uh, what do they say about Dalvin Cook? Are, are there people who think, like I think, that he is the best running back in the NFL when healthy? Well, I go back to his rookie season, which lasted, what, three and a half games. He was their best offensive player, the Vikings' best offensive player, right out of the shoot, no NFL experience. He was already the best guy on the field. Uh, then obviously coming back from the knee, then the hamstring issues, we hadn't seen him, but I remember watching him in week one, uh, and even in the preseason when he ripped off, remember the first carry of his preseason went like 80 yards for a touchdown, and you just went, okay, that guy, he's back. And that's the impression you get from, from other people, certainly uh, within the league as well. This is a uniquely talented runner. Um, there were certain questions about him uh, that allowed him to fall into the second round. I mean, I, I know that the Vikings on the morning, the second day of the draft, were still going through and doing extra homework because they didn't think there was any way that the guy was still going to be available uh, when it was coming time for them to pick. They end up trading up with, I think it was Cincinnati, to be able to get him, and this was, this was what they envisioned. He's a perfect fit for that zone-running style where it's the wave effect and you're just trying to have your aiming point, figure out where the hole is, and hit it. He gets north and south, and they drafted another guy, Alexander Madison, by the way, who if you're not paying close enough attention to the numbers, you might not even be able to tell the difference. I mean, Delvin's the guy. He's the bell cow in that room, but Madison's a, a good young runner, too. It's a credit to Rick Spielman and George Payton and the staff there that they've you know scouted well at that position, and they got a couple of guys who look like they are forces for years to come. Earlier today, Tom, I asked uh, Phil if we might have a quarterback controversy, tongue-in-cheek, if we might have a quarterback controversy in New Orleans, and Phil said, no, no controversy. Teddy Bridgewater should be the starter. <laughs> now, I, I, don't, I don't think that Sean Payton sees it the same way, especially not at this point, but do you think they could see enough decline in Drew Brees between now and the end of the season, along with what they saw from Teddy and his stint as a starter, that they say, we're moving on to a new quarterback? Very difficult to fathom just knowing the long history between uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton that it would get to that point. Now, Drew Brees faded down the stretch last year. You remember the Dallas game. I think it was a Thursday nighter. That was kind of the turning point. To that stage in the season, everybody believed Drew Brees was going to be the NFL MVP. He was running away with it. 
at the same time, Patrick Mahomes, of course, was coming up and continuing to throw five touchdowns a week and making highlight real plays. But yeah, there was there was a drop off, no doubt about it, in terms of their offensive productivity uh, down the stretch of that season. Uh, you also have to remember Breeze, you know, is an older quarterback. He's around forty. I can remember exact, his exact age right now. But coming back from a thumb injury, he missed a lot of reps. You know, you got to see a lot more from it. It was one bad day for that entire offense. I, I really find it hard to believe, unless they were to go through some four, five-game stretch where they simply can't produce, that that would even uh, come into their thinking here. Uh, the fact that we're even having that conversation, of course, bodes well for Teddy Bridgewater, who once again is going to have a shot to get back to free agency. And with Breeze, um, you know, coming up on the last year, he's in the last year of his contract as well. There are some interesting conversations to be had with the Saints come February and March, even if they don't happen here in uh, November, December. Have the Cincinnati Bengals perfected the tank? Well, the thing is, they're not trying to tank. They're doing a good so job, though, Tom. That's, well, that's what it's, they it's, want you to think. Yeah, exactly right. See, you're buying in. <laughs> We're being duped here. They, they, they go into the offseason thinking they're going to have a top-ten draft pick, Jonah Williams, anchoring that offensive line of left tackle. They're envisioning A.J. Green, Catching touchdown passes left and right. Andy Dalton is going to have a renaissance. He's got a close relationship with Zach Taylor on defense. They imagine Drake Kirkpatrick is going to be one of their core players. They know they got some issues up front, um, but they're going to be able to kind of patch it together because the secondary is going to be so good. Well, I'm at that game yesterday. It's Ryan Finley at quarterback with Andy Dalton on the bench after playing Lamar Jackson and practice through the course of the week. You got no A.J. Green. He's still not out there. Uh, Jonah Williams hasn't played. Cordy Glenn hasn't played. Drake Kirkpatrick's hurt. Practically everybody else on the defense is hurt. They're just, they're not, they're not talented. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, there's, there's good players. You're in the NFL for a reason, but they're 53 versus the Ravens 53. It's tough. You know, you, you looked at their game plan. They had a clear vision for how they wanted to stop the Ravens on defense yesterday. They played their big guys, their linebackers and their defensive linemen and were like, we're gonna we're gonna lock down and stop the run. If you can beat us throwing the football, go for it. Well, Lamar Jackson did. He beat them throwing it from the first play when it's the play action deep shot and Marquise Brown outruns everybody. Offensively, they actually weren't terrible. They moved the football uh, pretty consistently. I think they were over two hundred yards or close to it in the first half, but a pick six, a strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown, you know, that that tilts the scales. Nobody's gonna look back on that as a as a memorable day, but you know that's also a franchise that they don't start over. They don't trade guys. They are very reluctant to cut their players. They're they're caught in no man's land right now, man. Kind of like the Giants, you know, teams that are Ugh. holding on to some older pieces rather than just going. We're going to strip it down. We're going to get rid of people. We're going to get all the draft capital we can. The Bengals didn't trade Dino Atkins or AJ Green or Carlos Dunlap or anybody else at the deadline, which is what rebuilding teams do. So no, they're not tanking. They're just not good. Oh, poor Bengals! It's kind of—I feel like it's been that way for the majority of the last twenty-five years. The Dolphins have screwed up beyond belief. Yeah, they two are consecutive really... wins. What are you doing, Miami? Come on, man! Thing. Hey, credit credit to Brian Flores and that staff for keeping those guys going. Even I'd if you watch some of those games they were losing, guys were playing hard. Tommy, I'd they fire them. Gone from some guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> You're all gone. Guys like Minka Fitzpatrick who wanted out, they move on from him, get a first round. They got more picks. Than anybody, they got what is it? Five first-round picks over the next two drafts, and they're already accidentally winning some games with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. It's <laughs> it's not the tank, it's not the tank you wanted, but it might be the tank yeah. you. Did. <laughs> yeah. Well, well put. Ball. 
That is Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. <laughs> Where can people find you throughout the rest of the week, Tom? Well, I will be at the Vikings-Broncos game uh, on Sunday, so I'll be on NFL Network pretty much every day this week from home. I'll be in Denver. I'll be at the Vikings all over the place. Uh, plenty of purple talk coming up uh, on the network. All right. See you, Tom. See you next Monday. Bye, Tom. All right. That Later. is Tom Pelissero. A uh, longtime friend here, and uh, you can find them every Monday at 5 o'clock for Tom Pellicero. Dolphins NFL have Insights. screwed up something awful. I don't know what they're doing. I'm going to tell you that right I now. I don't know what they are doing Brian over there. Brian Flores, you're out. It actually, you can't lose games the correct way, then I don't want you. But it does show you, like, for some other team, that, yeah. well, this dude can probably coach. If he can take that stagnant locker room and get them engaged halfway through this I tanking him. season. Trade I trade coach. him. I trade him. <laughs> if there's any value in him, you trade him. That's yeah. part of the tank. Jacksonville. I get it. Take Brian Flores. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Uh, Vikings nitpicks. Yeah, there were some things to nitpick, and we do Vikings nitpicks every single Monday. So we'll do that when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. The Hail Mary started. Prescott. time. Launching one. A whole parcel of guys in the end zone. It's going to be intercepted to end the game. J-Rod Curse. Really good team win tonight. Uh, I thought we fought really hard. Um, you know, I was impressed with the way our offense ran the ball tonight. They were pinching and skin, skinning down in there an awful lot. We got a lot of guys on the ground. I thought our two backs ran the ball very hard. Defensively, um, thought we fought like crazy. Um, came up with some big plays. You know, the disappointing thing for us, we gave up about three or four uh, third and twelves to to uh, let them keep drives going. But um, good game, proud proud of this team, the way they fought and the way they uh, worked. And even though it was maybe the best Minnesota football weekend in decades, there were a few things to nitpick off that Vikings game. We do around five thirty every Monday. We do Vikings nitpicks, and it can be anything about. The game or the broadcast. We also put the broadcast on the table. So let's uh, let's go around the room. Start with Rami here. What was what was a nitpick or two that you had? Is it a nitpick to point out how bad Mike Hughes was? I don't think it's like, a nitpick. He was really, really I, bad. I do think it's a nitpick, yeah. He was targeted on five straight attempts on the last drive, four completions for 39 yards. Seven t- 17 times he was targeted as the nearest defender in coverage, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. That's the most for any player in any game this season. So clearly Dak Prescott. What was it again? What was that again? The, it's 17 times he was the nearest defender in zone coverage. Wow. So he earned the target in those situations. And, and like I said, that's the most that any cornerback has been targeted in any game this season. He gave up 10 receptions. 139 yards of the touchdown and allowed, allowed several third and longs, including two third and 12s on separate touchdown drives and a third and 14 later in the game. Didn't he also drop a pick six? Yes. Yes. The he Vikings, actually, yeah. here's one of Sorry, my nitpicks. I picks. left that out of my notes. He dropped a pick six and Mackenzie Alexander with like 30 seconds to go dropped a pick six. So the Vikings could have had two interceptions for touchdowns. There's a problem at cornerback with this football team. And for as happy as you should be about that win last night because of everything that it was, quality opponent, on the road, prime time, there continues to be a problem at cornerback for this football <laughs> it team. It could have been solved if you had been willing to give up a draft pick or two. Yeah, I think they were, you know, the, the Jalen Ramsey price tag, you know they were, at that time, don't, they were probably hedging on Cousins, right? They thinking, man. Yes, they were, but don't sleep on, on the, um, before the 
Ramsey trade, the Minka Fitzpatrick availability, which only cost Pittsburgh a first-round pick, and he's been phenomenal. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defense is basically saving their season. If you had Minka Fitzpatrick right now in this defensive backfield, you'd feel pretty doggone good. But I got a nitpick for you. Well, let me uh, let me play a divider soundbite here. Okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Telecast nitpick. <laughs> Can somebody tell me why Vikings or Cowboy fans give a damn about what Coach K thinks about Dak Prescott? Uh, I don't care at all what Coach but, you K know, thinks about Dak Prescott. But Prescott's a really good quarterback, and he's really yeah, fun to watch. That? And yeah. I really like him. I forgot all so about this is that. No, this is no knock against Dak, but... When when Al Michaels is told, hey, here's what we're going to do. He's like, yeah, what? Big addition to the broadcast. Oh, awesome. Okay, tell me. We got some sound from Coach K, and we're going to arbitrarily put him on a clip of him talking about his relationship with Dak. Al's got a lot of experience here and a lot of cachet, so to speak. I would have liked to see Al been like, no, we're not going to do that. That's a really stupid idea. Was it because Veterans Day weekend? And Mike Krzyzewski yeah. has military Krzyzewski ties. was all over ESPN yeah, pregame but show I yesterday, don't, too. But I don't need that in-game. Like, pre, pre-game, I, that's fine. Go for it. And he was talking about his face a lot. Yeah. Like, but, he has the face of a leader. Yes, it was just really... You it, look at that face, and you want to follow that guy. Yeah, I, okay, I don't need that. Pre-game, go for it. Actually, you know what? I agree. Dak Prescott does have a nice face. He's got a really nice face. I mean, yeah, but... But I care about his arm. Can you not follow somebody who doesn't have a nice face? It's harder. I mean, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick's face. <laughs> it's more difficult. It's more difficult because you're like, dude, you're ugly. Like, I'll follow you, I guess, because you're a quarterback. Face? I ain't following <laughs> no, Jay Cutler's No, it's Pouton. Yeah. Who was it? It might have been Jim Rove. There's a prominent sports talk radio host who has a theory. Colin Cowherd. About quarterback <laughs> face. <laughs> and he says the coolest, most popular kid on the playground Gets to be the quarterback, yeah. and that's why that's why so many good quarterbacks are good looking dudes because it's determined at a very young age that the best looking, coolest, most popular kid on the playground is the one who gets gets to hold the football and be the quarterback. So, that's true. So explain one thing then, okay, Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, shouldn't they have said, Andrew, you're you've got a great arm and a lot of talent, but dude, you just you can't be the quarterback. I'm picturing it. Andrew Luck at like seven, eight years old, no friends. And he's just off to the side, just launching football. And they're like, no. Just an ugly little kid with a weird voice dressed in a Civil War costume. (laughs) Another one along the lines of Andrew Luck. Explain Ben Roethlisberger. Because he'd intimidate you and bully you. Just because he's seven, eight. I'm the quarterback. Playground bully guy. He bullied the good looking kid on the playground. He took the football from him. There was some really attractive kid, and he's like, give me that football. He was like, Try punching me. My neck is 18 inches wide. <laughs> Did that hurt? No. Uh, all right. Since we're nitpicking, I I wasn't in love with the way the Vikings managed the last minute and a half. I feel like, so the Vikings had, was it two timeouts left when Dallas was driving? I think the Vikings had two timeouts left. Maybe even all three. They might have had all three I timeouts left. I think they had all left. three when that started. And so Dallas gets inside the 30, inside the red zone, and the clock is ticking and I think Mike Zimmer was trying to figure out, okay, are we going to just stop them defensively and then the game's going to be over? But in that spot, I'd rather you burn timeouts and keep time on the clock and stop, yeah. so that you can just – because what's the worst-case scenario? You, you just get the ball back and you take a couple knees and the game's over. So I kind of felt like 
the Vikings put themselves in a spot where if Dak Prescott throws a touchdown pass, they would have unnecessarily had only like 20 seconds to come back and win the game. But they got lucky. Dallas handed off to Zeke twice. So explain this then. Back to uh, Garrett. Why wasn't he trying to also take more time? Because his defense was playing so poorly that if I'm him, okay, I'm going to continue to, to try and pass the, the ball because that's working. But why wouldn't you be trying to eat clock yeah. too? Because like he was trying to, they they were getting the ball and snapping it and trying to run plays. It's like there's a lot of time left here. Do you want? Because if Cousins gets the ball, there's a good chance the Vikings drive down and score again. Yeah, and I didn't understand. My that. only explanation is that it must be tough to do your job when, and you can see it on his face when you're constantly thinking about getting fired. When you guys watched Jason Garrett, has it been ten years of that? It, it, I mean, he's it's been, been at least eight years. or nine. He's been there ten years now. It, it, and he was kind of the he was like the coach in waiting for three years before that when Wade Phillips was the head coach too. Yep. But honest to God, like next time you see Jason Garrett, just stare at him for a second when the camera's on him, and it's very obvious that he's thinking about getting fired. Well, <laughs> every single second of the game, he's got good reason to after what we saw last night. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be the end. Any other nitpicks from you guys off of an otherwise huge win for the Vikings? Um. Let me go with them. No, I think I'm good. Actually, oh, I've, I've got one. Okay. Kyle Rudolph and all the fans who, who said, see, he's still so, he's still really good. And you an guys. amazing catch. Okay, but here's, the, here's my nitpick to those people. The coaching staff and the play callers used him correctly last night. He is not good in space. Like, if you throw him the football at the 45, or it's him or Irv Smith, guess what? Irv Smith every time, right? Because Kyle can't really run. So last night, Eureka, you did the right thing. He's a basketball player. He he is he's a power forward, right? Throw him the ball in the end zone when you're in the red zone. He's and got, he's he's got going, amazing hands. And he's got great hands. Yep. And, and I think worst case, he breaks it up. All right? So this was not a oh, he's still really good and you guys dismissed him. It is a he's not good in space, but the way that he was used last night on the two touchdowns and the two point conversion is exactly right. My nitpick is with all the fans who came back and said, he showed you. No, he didn't. I knew he could do this. Since we're nitpicking fans, those who are like, yay, Kirk Cousins finally won a game in primetime on the road against a quality opponent. If the defense gave up a touchdown on that last drive, you'd be blaming Kirk Cousins today. <laughs> you, I'm talking to you, the fan. You would be blaming Kirk Cousins today and still setting his record in primetime games. <laughs> I'll even I'll even go a step further. Well, two things. I even though of, he did nothing differently. It's not about blaming. It's 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 less about blaming Kirk for losing these games. It's more about at times he's gonna have to put a struggling defense on his back and have a fourth quarter comeback. But but to piggyback off what Rami's saying, the one of the biggest differences between the Chiefs game and the Cowboys game in the last half of the fourth quarter or the last two minutes. The punter against Kansas City, your punter shanks one twenty five yards or twenty seven yards, sets Kansas City up on a short field. They come down, yep, and boom, boom, yep. Last night, it wasn't like a seventy yard punt or anything, but he got into one. He puts it on the Cowboy side of the fifty yard line. And by the way, uh, Tavon Austin, his coaches must have told him before he went they out did, there, dude, just like this insta is a fair po- catch, insta yeah, fair no. catch. They showed the all-22 view of that play. Yep. He he might have scored a touchdown if he had run that punt back. There was, 15, there was a wall set up. There was 15 yards between the closest Viking and Tavon Austin. And the Vikings were all sort of on the on the right side of the field. they stayed in to protect. And so he, he if he would have just run down the left sideline, he may have scored, but he for sure gains like 15 or 20 yards before anybody finds him. So thank you 
Thank kudos you for da- throwing your kudos hand Kudos, Dallas. You yeah. had a hell of a plan going into last night. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we will come back. Those are your Vikings nitpicks for the week. And we're going to wrap with Roycey when we come back here. By the way, uh, Patrick Roycey, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but he's been a little skeptical about P.J. Fleck the last three years. What? Yeah. No. Crazy. Not from what I've heard. Crazy. So uh, we'll uh, force Patrick to apologize for 10 straight minutes when we come back. After we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, it's just amazing. With the, the, This is the first time I've had a car the last four months with Apple CarPlay in it. You get that kind of technology when you're driving a Toyota. And I love the fact that I can, on a morning like this morning, I can tap back and forth with the Apple Podcast app. I can listen to Vikings Ventline from last night and uh, anything else from Football Sunday. And then, boom, I can just tap right over. I get it. There's a lot of people out there who say, hey, that AM radio signal, it cuts in and out when I'm uh, going under a bridge or when I'm whatever, leaving uh, leaving the Twin Cities. Well, if you've got a Toyota and if you've got Apple CarPlay, you can just tap the Score North app and it sounds uh, crystal clear. So just another advantage to uh, the guys on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. You get the best combination of great, durable, efficient vehicles in Toyotas and people and expertise that my family and I have trusted for 30 plus years. Luther Brookdale Toyota and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North download. You can download the Score North mobile app and make sure you register for listening rewards. This month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Visa gift card just for having the mobile app. All you need to do is download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards. After a big Gophers win this weekend, the AP poll jumped them from 13th to 7th, and we'll see tomorrow night where the college football ranking will jump them from 17th to, what do you think, Gophers fans? Ninth, tenth, seventh. Let us know over at Score North on Twitter at SKR North on Twitter. PJ Flex said this after the win. This is what we can become. You know, we got to let go of. I'm sure there were some people on the final drive said, "Oh, here we go again." Got to let go of all that. Fifty years ago, forty years ago, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago. We got to change at some point. I think this team's proven that that as we continue to go into the future, we don't have to keep saying things like that. Does that mean you're going to win them all? No, it doesn't mean that. But they're doing a lot of special things that you can keep building on to make your culture stronger and your program stronger and make it more of a national brand. That's been your Score North Download. Now for the final segment of the day of Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North. And uh, I was going to say I made the mistake of, but honestly, it was fun going through Patrick Royce's Twitter mentions after the Gophers beat Penn State yesterday. Uh, Pat, I think a lot of Gopher fans felt just as good about logging on to Twitter and throwing it in your face as the actual win itself. I didn't. I don't know. Some of them must not have gotten to me. I must have uh, you block a lot of muted people. these people yeah. through the years or something. I, I I heard about all of them I was getting, but I didn't get that many myself. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they didn't make it all the way to me. But uh, but I did. I did get a few. Yes, there were there were a few happy fellows and uh, people, and that that's fine. Let's uh, uh, let's enjoy this as we can. That certainly doesn't mean that I'm going to stop trolling them because they're so damn easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing I it today. Said, <laughs> As I said the other yesterday, if Gopher fans were walleye, I'd be Al Linder, Lindner, the greatest walleye fisherman of all time. So they're 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 awful easy, that's for sure. Well, what is? Uh, I know that you're not 
you haven't been in love with his delivery, his personality, but in terms of the results and uh, what they've done so far this year, what is your current up-to-date opinion about P.J. Fleck, Pat? Uh, he is completely full of crap, and I think he runs a pretty good football program. Okay. <laughs> as far as his delivery, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that the youth of America thinks it's hilarious that the uh, – that the uh, coach uh, crowd surfs through his players and tries to draw as much attention to himself as he possibly can, but that's uh, apparently it works. So we'll, uh, uh, you know, they all uh, they do definitely have a chance to go twelve and zero, which would be uh, unbelievable because uh, they're going down to play an Iowa team that's pretty good defensively, but has no punch. And then Northwestern's terrible, and all of a sudden Bucky comes to town, and you're going for an unbeaten season. So if you thought that place was not uh Saturday, how would it be uh, if Wisconsin comes to town and you're going for an unbeaten season? Wow. Could be contentious, too, if uh, enough Badger fans come, which they probably will. Uh, you think they can still get tickets? Uh, we're, we're not gonna, tickets? I don't think for the Badger game they'll have to uh, do the uh, two-for-one for students and the other stuff. Well, hey, that thing has got to be uh, – they got they got to have sold all those. They may have to been storming the ticket windows for those today, didn't they? Yeah, maybe. I can't tell for sure. That, well, that's a good question. By the way, yeah, Iowa opens as a three-point favorite for this upcoming. That game. also surprised me. Just yeah, I thought the I thought it'd be the opposite. I thought the Ghosts would be two or three, but uh, you know, you cannot. Uh, they cannot blame that on the experts. The people see the experts are not giving the Gophers any credit. No, that's the uh, gamblers. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the smart people who want to figure which way the money is going to be bet. It's not uh, It's not the Gophers getting no respect from any kind of uh, establishment or anything. It's uh, it's the gamblers who said that. So, But uh, they, uh, you know, it's just a good thing they didn't throw Anton Winfield out of school, huh? Yeah. How many nice games break. he win for him? Three? Yeah, yeah, he's at, well. The, both, both Fresno State games, right? Uh-huh. For sure, last year. Saturday yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, and then he, uh, he made the big play there, and then he uh, didn't he bail or arse out against Georgia Southern too. I think he did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's awesome. I think he did. Yeah, he's he's one of the best defensive backs they've ever had around here. Pat, does it matter if he's full of crap if it works? Ultimately, that that's all. No, that matters, I don't think okay. it matters to most people. That you saw fifty thousand people there. It didn't matter too. They thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they think it's great. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Drives me nuts, but I don't think I it mean, matters. I mean, for me, it's purely transactional. I want the Gophers to win. P.J. Fleck helps them win. And as long as P.J. Fleck is a football as dealer. long as he's not a criminal, I'm okay <laughs> no. with the transaction. And I actually enjoy some of the <laughs> the stuff that you call full of crap, and it's generational. But but it's pure, yeah. to me, it's purely transactional. Well, that's fine. You you know that's you know that makes this a great country. Some people like Donald Trump, you know. That's you know, and some of us don't. Should we throw the phone lines out there. Huh? I said, should we throw the phone lines out there? Yeah, six five one six four six. What do you think of Donald Trump and B.J. Fleck? No, I mean, I, no. What I'm saying is that's what makes America great. We don't have to agree on this stuff. I, he drives me nuts. So, but. That doesn't mean he. Uh, I I never suspected that he couldn't build some kind of a program. I obviously didn't see this coming. Uh, you know, nine and zero, oh, and uh, 
when you look at uh, one thing I did last week is I looked at those three games against Maryland, Illinois, and Nebraska from last year to this year, and when you see that, something remarkable has happened. That's for sure. They've done uh, they've done great work, and they've done great work when you consider that this team was fighting like hell to beat a mediocre Georgia Southern team from some conference. I don't even know what. Yep. Uh, at the end, and two months later, they're knocking off Penn State and they're right in the top ten. It's, so I, I'm not denying that uh, he's done a great job. That doesn't mean when he opens his mouth, I don't want to run out of the room like somebody's sticking a fork in my head, okay? Um, <laughs> Timberwolves basketball, Patrick, your thoughts? I can't hear too well. I watched last night's game. That rattle, that bang kept getting in my ears That uh, when the rims are going rattling like that. It, uh, what a joke. It's cartoon basketball. It's ridiculous. Six for 45. Let's keep throwing them up there, boys. Let's let, Anthony, let's let Carl Anthony Towns go out and stand 40 feet from the basket and throw up threes because he's so damn afraid to go in and take on Jokic that he's uh, he won't go inside to save his life. It's a joke. But the basketball they're playing is a joke. They're shooting 29.2% from threes, and they're shooting damn near 40 a game. Yeah, and they're on pace to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, okay. Hold your breath on that one. They won't win 30. They keep playing like this. I mean, terrible. they, they that did. The Golden State team the other night is terrible, and they needed a miracle to beat them. They flashed a graphic on the screen last night somewhere of the most three pointers ever missed in a single game, and the and the Wolves were among the. It was there. It was a top six list, and but, the Wolves were in the top six, and four of the other ones were yeah, the Rockets Houston. from the last five years. Yeah, they were Houston. So it's a system. I mean, you kind of you kind of sign up for five games a year like that for sure. Five, Phil. They haven't. They've had one game where they made them. No, I'm saying a five for a, a six for forty five game. I'm saying that's no, I, that's I don't, not going to happen more than that. If, if it's uh, if it's three for thirty after three quarters, I say, okay, boys, let's kind of work the ball around here a little bit and try to get a decent shot because we couldn't. You could lock us in the gym for five hours and we couldn't make a shot. So. Uh, you know, I, I think it's foolish basketball to watch. I can't stand to watch it. And uh, it's, you know, do it. to say this is our system, even though we got lousy shooters, to me is stupid. I think, I believe that you coach to try to win games, not to make square pegs try to fit in round holes playing offensively. They don't have shooters. But they keep casting away thirty three pointers. I think it's ridiculous. But is it right now about finding out who who can be part of this system? This is the style of basketball they want to play to get where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Let's play it yeah. with these guys, and whoever doesn't fit the system won't be here. Well, I think you can go over there and drag about eight guys out of the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. They're, they're nearly as bad at shooting three pointers as I was. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Now, we should. Judd. <laughs> Can I play for the Wolves? Judd wouldn't make six, but he might make three out of 45. So we did the Houston Rockets challenge, the 0 for 27. Do you want to do the the 6 for 45 challenge, Judd? (laughs) Ryan could use me. I'll do that one. I'll go inside and bang. Rami will do it. I'm down. 6 for 40. I can do better than 6 for 45. I'll say it right now. How the hell did they get to overtime? 
because Denver didn't make a basket for like 635. Yeah, they actually guarded. I will say yeah. that. That's the first time they guarded somebody in about two weeks. They, uh, so that's good. I don't know. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, I just, I just think it's foolish to be leading the league in three-pointers attempted when you don't have shooters. Yeah. Well, Pat, we're uh, we're out of time. I know Royce on baseball is coming up next with you and Wetmore and uh, row the boat, Skyuma Go Gophers. All right, don't forget that uh, that uh, Skyuma part. All right, see you, Pat. Bye. <laughs> no Timberwolves. How do you? How are I, you grouchy after what I just knew. happened this weekend? Pat? The Wolves thing, though, is my. How favorite. are you grouchy? Car- cartoon basketball is my favorite line. <laughs> It's cartoon basketball. We should we should talk tomorrow. Let's let's do a segment tomorrow on quote unquote cartoon basketball. All right. Okay, cartoon. But I can do what was it five for forty six? I think it's like yeah something can you like do that? that. I can do. We'll that. do all right from NBA three point line. I, I can't. Can do that. I can't do that. Well, from NBA NBA. All right. All right, oh, you just bit no, off one. Sure. You can chew. I can do it. Uh-uh, bad idea. I can do it. Hey, that's a good unit.